I had him in my arms and he finally gave out, you know, his first little cry and it was so beautiful. He was the most peaceful baby. Super cheesy, all the all the vernix. He was peaceful to where I was kind of like patting his back really hard because I was like, are you okay? Like you're not crying, like what's going on? But no, he was completely fine. That was just, you know, a moment of my doubtfulness, but he was totally fine. Danielle, welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Sue Yin on and she's going to be sharing her stories with us. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us today, Sue Yin. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Su Yin. I am a mother of five. I live in Northern California with my husband, and we do plan to have more children. I actually am an OB nurse, um, but I'm not currently practicing, and I'm more on the crunchy natural side of things, so I'm planning mm-hmm. to step more into birth work versus hospital birth work. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Love that. So where do you like to say that your birth journey begins? So I would say my birth journey began when I was 17. I had my first baby. I was pregnant at 16. Totally unexpected. I was on birth control. I just got pregnant randomly and decided to keep the baby. And um, I had my baby girl a week after I turned 17. And I just remember not even wanting to go to the hospital. I spent my entire pregnancy studying natural childbirth, um, unmedicated childbirth. My mom was a big advocate already. She took me to the classes and, you know, things were untraditional. I was 16. It was kind of strange, but I was set on having an unmedicated birth. And uh, that when I went into labor, um, I decided not to go to the hospital at first. And my mom actually tried to drive me to the hospital and I refused to go inside. (laughs) And I was just terrified. (laughs) And um, I ended up going in at nine centimeters. And I just remember the staff being so cold shouldered towards me. I mean, it felt like no one had compassion for me. I don't know if it was my age. I just felt so out of place. I felt like Nobody was listening to my needs, and needless to say, it was a terrible experience, and after I had her, I decided I'm going into birth work. I'm going to become a nurse and make sure that nobody else has the same experience I did. I want to change mom's lives in their birth and labor experiences, and I just became obsessed with birth after her birth. So that's kind of where um, all of that started, and you know, I always wanted to have children as a little girl. I love playing with baby dolls, all the baby dolls, Um, but yeah, it really started when I was 16. Wow. That sounds like you had a lot of wisdom for being so young, um, you know, to be drawn to 
that sort of natural way of things. And then after, you know, you having your baby to realize like, okay, wait a second, (laughs) things need to change. So I love that that kind of sparked that in your heart to want to make change in that, in that, um, environment. Right. Yeah. So how long before you had your next baby? So it wasn't until about six years later that I had my first baby with my husband. And um, we've had four since then, four little boys, four big boys, 10 pounders, Mm -hmm. all of them. And um, yeah, I really, I really, I decided I wanted to, you know, get all into this birth work because of that experience. So I kind of spent those six years getting my nursing and doing all of that. Wow. I love that. So how did um, it go? I'm just kind of curious when you actually became an OB nurse, what was that like for you to go into that, you know, the hospital system and do that work? Yeah, it was, it was a little triggering. (laughs) It was a little bit Mm -hmm. like, I don't believe in a lot of these things you guys are doing. Um, It was, you know, to see women in labor getting talked to the way they were um, crying because they wanted to take their mask off and they couldn't um, just can't breathe, you know, to hear the nurses talking about, (laughs) I mean, they would, they would call me out because I was that crunchy natural nurse who wanted to help these women through their pain, you know, Mm -hmm. and they would laugh and joke how, you know, they just wanted to medicate the patient so that they could just calm down and be easier and get their shift over with. I mean, these are things that nurses would say, and it was just, it was heartbreaking. And it's really hard to be in that environment when you're just against everything that's going on. And um, there needs to be more light in that arena. And I'm kind of glad that I was there to be that light because I was that nurse that was like, come on, let's get in the bath. Like, let's, you know, try a little movement, little position change, like, you know, and these dads are concerned, you know, well, what, what's the epidural going to do? What's the medication going to do? And the nurses are just like, don't worry about it. You know, whereas I'm like, I explain everything to them, you know, here's the risks, here's the factors, like, here's what can happen. Um, so that's kind of how that was. It was very much a double-minded thing. You know, I had to do a lot of procedures I didn't really want to do, but, um, as a nurse, you just have to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I can imagine that would be hard if you're like the only one kind of going against the grain yeah. <laughs> and swimming upstream. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I love that, that you were there in, in that environment. Cause I know I've had, some angel nurses that I didn't feel like just blew me off or whatever. And like, I do know that they're kind of one in a million. (laughs) So when you get one, it's like, Oh, thank you. (laughs) I love that. So do you want to share anything about, um, your next pregnancy or what, I guess kind of wherever you would like to go next with, with that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so like I said, I have four little boys and three of them were born in a hospital slash birthing center. It was like a setter maternity center, kind of just, <clears throat> they do C-sections, very hospital-like, but only for women in labor. And so 
I delivered with midwives for two of them and a doctor with one of them, my last one. And um, that was very traumatic with the doctor. And that is why I chose for my fourth little boy to give birth at home, unassisted, unmedicated, and all the things. Um, I just, as, as the years went on and I became more educated and I knew what I did and did not want. And I started to lean more on my faith and, you know, less interventions. Um, I started to get a little more picky about what I wanted and what I didn't want. And for that last baby boy, um, the traumatizing one, I had a lot of procedures done that I said no to. And I don't know how that happened. I think it's because I was in labor and I was kind of really not able to stand my ground fully. I was vulnerable. Um, but I remember specifically saying no to certain things that continue to be done anyway. And I specifically remember when I was pushing him out that I tried to turn my body and I was yelled at by multiple nurses. I, in fact, kicked a nurse out because I couldn't stand the way she was yelling at me. And they were yelling at me I was going to fall off the bed. Mind you, I had no epidural. I had no medication whatsoever. I was all there. And they kept yelling at me not to move, not to move. They had me on my back with my legs up. I did not want to be in that position. Um, and I remember wanting that lotus birth, you know, so after the baby came out, I didn't want to cut the cord. Um, my placenta did not come for 45 minutes and the doctor began to tell me I was going to die and warned my husband that I could die and all these things. And vital signs were perfectly fine. Baby was perfectly fine. There was no bleeding going on. Everything was fine. Uh, this is a variation of normal. Placentas can take up to 24 hours to come. Of course, a doctor's not going to wait there for 24 hours. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, spe- I specifically told her not to cut my cord, and she, she cut my cord. I was very upset with that. Um, my placenta came minutes later, and then she went ahead and took a needle and took out some um, cord blood from the the cord. And I don't remember approving of that. And I don't know what she did with that. Um, but the whole situation, even, you know, after they wanted to give, um, they wanted to give some medication. I don't know how explicit do you want me to get, but they wanted to give it rectally. And I did not want that because I have a fissure from my, one of my birth, the traumatic birth. And so Mm -hmm. I did not want that at all. And I remember specifically telling them no. And at one point a nurse just did it. And I was, I was so livid because that pill sat there for a whole 24 hours, just burning and hurting and hard. And, you know, that first bowel movement needs to be, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) it needs to happen in a, in a good manner and it didn't and there was blood and it was just bad and after that I was so upset I just couldn't believe the way that they talked to me and did things without me saying yes with me explicitly saying no Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it um 
So for that fourth baby boy, I started mentioning my husband, unassisted birth at home. I didn't want to go to a midwife because I talked to my local midwives and they said that depending on COVID, they may or may not come out to my home. I may or may not have to go to the birthing center. And I thought, well, what's the point in getting a midwife and paying all that money if you're not going to come to my home? Mm-hmm. So I told my husband, let's do unassisted. He was very nervous. He, uh, I had to show him some Facebook groups. I showed him, you know, other birth stories. I bought some books, Heather Baker's book. And I started to show him the books and show him my confidence and really just letting him know, I, I really believe we can do this, babe. And, you know, we're faith-based. And I told him, babe, it, it, we have more faith doing it at home than going to the hospital. And I just, I really want to try this for this baby. And he got on board with me and that was really cool. And, um, you know, I was about 38 weeks pregnant and I started to get so peaceful with pregnancy. I was I was like so happy. I was like, I know this is going to end soon. I'm so happy and at peace with this. Like I'm finally in a good place in my pregnancy. And I just believe that that peace is what started labor. I started labor at 38 in two days and I just was at full rest and peace. And I'll kind of jump into my birth story now, if that's okay. Do you want me to jump into that? I actually just have one question. Um, So when you chose to do the free birth, did you choose to do any sort of prenatal care or did you just have a total wild pregnancy and not do anything, no ultrasounds or blood work or anything? What did that look like for you? I did do prenatal care with my last baby. Yeah, I did prenatal care and I was you know, I'm transitioning into like this next pregnancy will be completely wild. Um, but I did do prenatal care for the whole pregnancy and, um, kind of in and out, you know, in my decision making of unassisted, you know, around 30 weeks is kind of when I really decided prior to that, I was kind of you know, questioning the hospital and asking the doctors what it's like, what the mask policy is and all these things. And of course, I'm not vaccinated, so I would have to wear a mask in labor. So that was one of my determining factors where it's like, okay, I'm not going to wear a mask in labor. And because I'm a nurse, I know you guys will make me and I'm not Mm going to do that (laughs) and stuff. So I just, yeah, I decided around 30 weeks and then I started kind of missing appointments here and there and just not really... They wanted me to do all of these ultrasounds every single week. And um, I had gestational and all these things. And I just said, no, I'm going to monitor at home. I'm going to be fine. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I so just then did you stop- just Yes, you just stopped going in. Mm-hmm. Did yeah, they, they didn't like bother you or try to get you to come back or call CPS <laughs> or anything like that? No, no, no mm. CPS calls. Um, they called a few times for appointments, but I just kind of let it go to voicemail. And yeah, they didn't really bug me further. So mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I love that when you just, I mean, I shouldn't say I love that, but when I've heard like some women like choosing to, um, you know, do a, whether it's an unassisted or, you know, with a traditional midwife or something at home and they just kind of like leave the OB and like, sometimes it's like that where, you know, they just never hear like, they're like, Oh, they never even like checked up on me or anything. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's like, I got a letter or, you know, saying that they dropped me from care or, you know, I've, I don't think I've ever heard 
such as an extreme where, you know, they actually called CPS or something, but, um, yeah, so I was just curious about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to transition into um, your labor story, birth story. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited. Um, so, like I said, so we started to come at peace with the pregnancy, and it was Tuesday. It was a Tuesday night, and I just remember standing in the bathroom and starting to get a little nervous about labor. And I told my husband, like, babe, what if I can't do it? What if I have to go to the hospital? And that's when he really jumped into um, unassisted, like, home birth gear. And he goes, like, he cut that out completely. He was like, babe, no, mm. you're going to be fine. He was like, do you remember Mary and Joseph? Like, they delivered in a barn Aww. with no help I at all. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, babe, you need to have faith. Like, like God is with us. Like, it's okay. You're going to do great. Like just really coaching me. And I was like, who is that? Like, where is this coming from? <laughs> and Aww. I was like, okay, babe. All right. And I was like, you're right, babe. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking. And so basically, um, after that, after that episode, you know, I started to feel like a little tingly feeling at the top of my uterus and it, and it didn't hurt, but it was just tingly. It was like a little sensation. I never felt this before. And it came with the Braxton Hicks contractions, but it was not painful. It just felt like a little numb at the top, you know, middle of my uterus. And I was like, wow, okay, is this labor? I don't know. And um, it was very supernatural. And so my husband went to play his video games per usual. I laid down on the couch per usual. I fell asleep around like 8 o'clock or so, super early, thank God. And then I wake up at 11 p.m. and um, I had like a little discharge, which had been happening normally, you know, for weeks now. I was just like, okay, it's probably normal. I'll just go back to sleep. Um, but then, you know, it kind of kept leaking and I was like, okay. So I stood up and it was a gush, like just going down mm. my legs. And I had prayed for that. I wanted to know, you know, this is labor. So yeah, it was a gush and I was so excited. I was, I was pumped up. And um, I just remember like, I went to my husband and I told him like my water broke. Um, and it was just, we started crying and praising and smiling and hugging and kissing. Mm. And it had never been like that in my past pregnancies. It was always this moment of like extreme stress and anxiety and fear and like, Oh my gosh, let's get to the hospital right now. Like we have no time you know, and this time was so different. I just can't explain how peaceful and beautiful that moment was. It was like, it was bliss. It was heaven on earth. And we just hugged and we were so excited. Um, and we just knew like, okay, there's nowhere to be like, like we're here, we're safe, we're fine. And this is, this is going to happen. Um, so, you know, we just, we started hugging and rejoicing and, um, Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at my birth story now. So my waters kept linking and then he took me downstairs and set up my birth space. It was already set up, but he turned my candles on and put my music and, you know, put on my fairy lights and all the things and just kind of set the mood for us. And I started making some Instagram stories and I kind of saved them in my camera roll, keeping it hush hush, just, you know, just wanting it to be me and him. And then, um, He's like, okay, I'm going to go back to bed. I'm like, okay. You know, he wanted to get some rest and things weren't hard for me. So I was like, that's fine. He went and I kind of birthed on my own for a little bit with my worship music on. 
Um, and then around midnight, I changed into like this birthing dress I had and I was just getting really excited. Um, things weren't painful. Contractions were normal. They, they were coming and going. Um, a lot of surges, a lot of tightening, spaced apart, you know. Um, and then when I would lay down, they would get closer together. And I tried to sleep a little bit, slept for about an hour in total, um, took a shower, you know, and just kind of tried to relax myself. And I knew things were going to pick up in a little bit. So I really tried to get that sleep. Um, so around 1.15, they were getting stronger and stronger, more consistent. Again, I'm just so excited. Um, you know, I'm so excited and very euphoric feelings, just very, I mean, it's just so different than anything I've experienced. I'm dancing, I'm worshiping, I'm raising my arms and I'm smiling. I'm very happy at this time. Three o'clock comes around and I'm now like kind of rocking and swaying, you know, and just kind of moving things around. My stomach is super tight. Um, now when the surges are coming, I'm getting a little more serious and, you know, I'm feeling still very comforted by God and I know I'm not alone, you know, and I'm, I'm praying in my prayer language and I'm really connecting, um, connecting deeply to God. And I'm, I'm not having any fear, you know, um, I have not had any fear since the, since the water broke, which is so beautiful. Um, and so around three, I'm noticing that things are serious. I wake my husband up I let him know things are picking up and he comes downstairs and starts, you know, giving me my tinctures and my herbs and just tea and kind of helping me out in those areas. And, um, he's not looking fearful at all either. I mean, we are both completely peaceful. I mean, this is, I, I can imagine a, be a more beautiful, better birth. He's, he's peaceful. I'm peaceful. Um, four o'clock comes and the contractions are still picking up more. Um, Brandon, my husband's taking some pictures and then we wake up um, my daughter with by talking. And so she hears us and she gets up and she's 13. And so we said, yeah, you can stay up. It's, you know, it's four o'clock. And so she's up at 4 a.m. And she's kind of snacking mm -hmm. on the snacks I got for her and him. And, you know, she's excited. And um, she wrote kind of like a little excerpt expert. Uh, she wrote, what's the word? Expert, excerpt. Excerpt. <laughs> Uh, and it's just so beautiful. And she's just, you know, talking about what's going on. And it's just so beautiful. And she wrote that in a journal. And I'm so glad we had a little journal out mm. for her. So I highly recommend that because it's so fun to look back on. Um, but yeah, so and then we started kind of like a video. So I have a very long video of different positions I was trying out. And, um, you know, I tried rocking on my knees. I was laying down at one point. I was laying on you know, leaning on my daughter at one point, leaning on my husband forward, um, kind of sitting back, squatting, a lot of different positioning change changes. And um, about five o'clock comes and there's not a lot of breaks in between contractions now. So they're really getting strong. And my daughter stated, you know, she's talking about me. She lays on the couch now, softly groaning occasionally. Dad sits next to her with his hand near her belly. Mom slowly starts breathing louder, inhaling and exhaling. She stands now and she knows he's coming very soon. We've switched over to worship music instead of hypnobirthing. It's 5.02 in the morning. She starts heavy contractions on her hands and knees. 528, she lays on her back, making groaning sounds. 
Mom can feel the baby's head now. So I'm reaching down and I'm feeling the baby's head. Um, he had a ton of hair. So I felt this huge ridge. And I was like, what is that ridge? I had never felt my baby's head in labor. At all of the hospital births, I never thought to reach down. Uh, I probably felt like I had to ask if I wanted to touch it. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I never felt that. And it was such a beautiful feeling. I, I laid on that couch. I felt my baby's head. And I had to tell my daughter what I'm doing because it looks kind of, you know, my hands down there and I'm just I'm <laughs> feeling his head and it's so beautiful. They feel that ridge. And I'm just like, this is exciting. And um six o'clock she says, now we see the purple line. So that was something we learned about on YouTube is a purple line kind of indicates how far along in labor you are. It actually tells mm-hmm. you how dilated you are. Um if you hadn't heard of that, it's where you look at the back and there's a purple line going from the anus, the top of your anus, um, up your back. And actually, however long that line is, if you're able to see it, is actually usually how dilated you are. And my line was very long. And so we were very sure I was pretty far along. And, um, you know, I'm just breathing. I'm kind of sleeping in between contractions. I'm pretty tired now because I've been laboring all night long. Um, but, you know, I'm definitely encouraged feeling his head. So that's a big thing is, you know, that that's going to encourage you in your in your labor. It's going to help you keep going. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend reaching down and feeling that head. Even if you are in a hospital, just go ahead and reach down and feel your baby's head. I mean, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And it really just gives you that confidence. Um, so we keep praying and, you know, at certain times, I felt like I couldn't breathe that well. So this is definitely transition, right? Kind of feeling like I might not be able to do this. Um, and then I decided I want to get in the shower. So 6.15, I'm getting in the shower. And um, this is the only time I had like what you call the shakes is I got a little bit shaky at this time. And I might have been really cold too. It was pretty cold down there. And um I just remember the hospital births shaking almost the entire labor. So I was really happy that didn't happen to me. And when it did, I was like, whoa, okay, this is like reminding me of a hospital birth almost, you know, but I get in the shower and I'm feeling much better. The hot water is just soothing everything. And, you know, I'm super comfortable. I'm, I'm sleeping in between contractions, basically just leaning on the shower wall. And my husband is in the bathroom with me. He's reading. And then we had our book by Heather Baker, Home Birth on Your Own Terms. And, you know, I felt like the labor was taking forever. But when I think about it, it had only been about three hours of hard labor, right? (laughs) It hadn't been that long. Um, But it felt like forever. And I told my husband, you know, go look in that book, like about prolonged labor, like read about what it says to me because I'm getting nervous. And so he's reading the book and it's comforting me. Um, and then towards the end of the shower is when I felt like I had a poop and you'd think I know after five, you know, after four (laughs) other births that that was birth, but Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I have to poop. So I sit on the toilet and, um, honestly, you know, (laughs) I don't even know when the head came out. I don't know if it was fur. I don't know any of these details because it was so peaceful and smooth. Um, you know, I sat down and, I reached down to fill his head multiple times and helped me keep going. Um, but then, you know, at 6.45, um, I'm just, 
it's so wild. I can't even describe it because I don't even know when that had really, really came. Uh, but Brandon, you know, he's still reading the books to me and I'm, I'm sitting there and I just remember he left the bathroom and I yelled to my daughter, you know, hurry, get the video because I, I guess I really felt the head like was just there. And I'm telling you, this was not painful. This was not like ring of fire. This was not like me pushing. I don't even, there were, the contractions weren't that bad. I just was sitting there and I felt that head. And so, um, she runs and gets a video and I guess, and my husband said, as soon as you said need you, I ran into the bathroom, put the book down. And when I looked, I saw that his head was already out up to under his chin. And I said, okay, I need you to stand up. So apparently I pushed his head out to his chin without knowing it. And I stood up (laughs) and, um, he got behind me and he said, you know, he got behind me and the head was out and the cord was around his neck. So my husband removed the cord off of his neck. Um, he didn't remove it fully. He just gave it a lot of slack and, um, Yeah. So I, at that point knew his head was out. And again, this was not a ring of fire. This was not painful, but I wanted to wait because I've read a lot about tearing and how you should kind of wait for fur to push the shoulders. Like don't push too soon. Like I knew I didn't want him to pull. So you'll see my video. I said, don't pull, don't pull. And he goes, okay. And so, um, baby's head is out for maybe a minute and a half or so. And I remember Heather Baker said, no, nothing past like three minutes or so. So I was like, okay, I need to get this out. Um, And then I just gave it like a a little push and his shoulders came flying right out. My husband caught him and then handed to me under, uh, under my body. I reached under and my husband handed him to me. I pulled him up, got a little nervous because I saw the cord. He didn't remove the cord fully. And I was kind of like the cord, the cord. But he was like, no, look, it's not on, like, it's not on his neck. (laughs) He just made slack. And I was like, okay. And so, um, Honestly, I knew he was perfectly fine when I saw his muscle tone. So that's one thing is like if your baby is in distress, it will look floppy um, and it won't have any muscle tone. And so I knew when I pushed him out immediately, I saw his foot had such great muscle tone. I knew he was completely fine, even though he wasn't crying yet. I had him in my arms and he finally gave out, you know, his first little cry. And it was so beautiful. And um, Mm. he was the most peaceful baby, super cheesy, all the all the vernix. And he was peaceful to where I was kind of like I started, you know, patting his back really hard because I was like, are you okay? Like, you're not crying. Like, what's going on? But no, he was Mm. completely fine. That was just, you know, a moment of my doubtfulness, but he was totally fine. Super healthy baby. So that is, that's our birth story of Benjamin. He was 10 pounds, eight ounces, 23 inches, huge baby. Um, beautiful baby. So much hair and so peaceful, so healthy. Wow. I love that. So then did you end up, um, not having any tearing then? No tears. Yeah. No tears. Um, my husband said he knew like he's, looked at because we didn't really do an assessment but when the baby came out he saw my you know area had not torn so Mm -hmm. and I never really checked into it after I didn't feel any there's no discomfort there so um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so Did no you have, tears. Have you torn with your previous births, or was this the first time that you hadn't torn? Yeah, I tore when I was 17. Um, that was, I was on my back. You know, I did, I had no choice in anything. And that doctor literally took both of his huge hands and stuck them in my vagina and made a circle around my baby's head with his hands. I couldn't believe that he stuck his hands in both of them. I just, and made a circle around her head. So yeah, I tore with that one pretty bad. Mm, Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) So what about the placenta? How, how did that come out? Yeah, so so that's the thing. Okay, so placenta. So as I mentioned with my last hospital birth, the placenta was traumatizing because I did not want her to cut it, the cord. I wanted to keep the baby attached. And the fact that it took 45 minutes scared the living heck out of those doctors and nurses. I mean, usually they cut the cord and the placenta comes within minutes, right? That's what they're used to. Mm -hmm. And they're not used to being told, don't cut my cord. And so 45 minutes for them was, again, they were threatening death. They're like, you're going to, we're going to take you to surgery and you're going to die. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So traumatizing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I can imagine. I know it's easy for for me to be just like rolling my eyes over here, but like in that moment when it's you, like I'm sure that it's, yeah, (laughs) I can't imagine. (laughs) I couldn't believe that. You know, she was tugging and pulling that whole 45 minutes. I mean, it's so sad. Yeah, it's just, I, I couldn't believe it, but um, so I was traumatized from that and I read in the book, you know, unassisted or home birth on your own terms, um, that if you have past trauma about your placenta or if you're holding on, you know, or if you're scared, you might hold on to your placenta longer. And mm. I should have been a little more careful to do some mindset work before labor, I think. If I would have done a little more mindset work, a little more forgiving, a little more healing, this might not have happened. But I held on to my placenta for eight hours. And yeah, it was, um, it felt really heavy. Um, Not super like painful, but it just felt heavy. Like my whole Mm -hmm. bottom felt heavy. And it was hard to kind of relax because I was like, I want this placenta out. And I actually didn't call any of my family because I didn't know, like, is this going to be a complication? Are we going to go to the hospital for this? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to call them and scare them. Like, so I actually didn't announce his birth till, you know, after I had delivered the placenta. So that eight hours was kind of a little bit different. You know, I tried nursing. Mm -hmm. I tried taking a bath with Epsom salt. I tried, you know, just, um, relaxing. I tried going pee and nothing would get it to come out. I was taking, um, was I taking angel, angelic, was it angelica, um, tincture? Um, that's supposed to help, you know, get it out. And so I was taking that, um, you know, every hour and yeah, it just still wasn't coming. And so, Finally, I just, I really prayed and I relaxed and I said, okay, you know, his will be done. I read in the book, you know, there had been births that took 24 hours. So like it was, at least it's not 24 hours. I'm like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like, you know, this isn't dangerous. I'm not bleeding. So I'm like, okay. So finally, when, again, when I came to peace with it, 
is really when it came out. And I really want to emphasize that because I feel like when we bring our body to a full state of peace is when things can really move along. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's our maternal instinct when we're scared to close and shut up and, you know, our Mm -hmm. cervix to close and all things to just stop moving along. So again, I just found that peace with God and I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. And I get up and go to the bathroom, plops out on the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Right there in the toilet. And it, you know, it came out full and full, not in pieces, just, you know, came out fully and kind of did a little assessment. I actually encapsulated my own placenta. Um, so we refrigerated it right away and yeah, so that's kind of how that went. Mm -hmm. In that time of waiting, did you keep the baby attached or had you, um, cut the cord in that time period? Yeah, so I wanted to keep him attached, but we actually cut the cord about an hour after he was born um, because I really wanted the placenta to just come. And I knew that at my hospital birth, once they had cut it, it came. But the interesting thing is that even though we cut it after one hour, it still didn't come for another seven Mm -hmm. hours. And that's where I really think that trauma and that fear that was in me from the past birth just held on to it I mean that's all I can think of and so um who knows maybe if I would have kept it attached and kept nursing it would have came faster um I think I'd like to think that but um but it was definitely white and floppy you know at that point after an hour after birth and I was ready to just kind of be my own entity and be able to get up and get in that bath and just try to get it out you know so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I think I've heard in stories where, like, women want to do, like, a lotus birth, but then, I mean, I know that'd be a little bit different with the placenta actually out, but um, how the cord is, like, really cold, and, like, when they're trying to do, like, skin to skin and stuff, it can kind of, like, be a distraction, so it's Mm -hmm. always interesting to hear what other women choose as far as that. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So as far, how was your like immediate postpartum and um, going into your recoveries recovery? It was beautiful. This is mm. the best, best postpartum experience. And I, I can't tell you how in love my husband was with me. He's never been so in love with me ever. He was mm. literally praising me. He was kissing me, telling me I'm beautiful. I'm sexy. All these things. After birth, after (laughs) he delivered my baby. (laughs) And those first, you know, that first 12, 24 hours, we were just so in love. Mm -hmm. He could not stop praising me and telling me how beautiful I was. I felt beautiful. I was Mm -hmm. glowing. I felt gorgeous. I did not feel gross like I did at the hospitals. I did not feel like I just gave birth. Mm -hmm. And... It was just so euphoric and, you know, all moms have that, you know, beautiful baby bonding time. Well, not all because of the hospital, but, you know, we all get those rush of emotions, right? That, you know, oxytocin that floods your system and things to help you bond with your baby. But being at home and in my own space, in my own bed with my covers, you know, we ordered out food and just being with my kids it was so beautiful and warming and joyful. 
there's not one moment of like anger or distress or we're fighting or fear, any of that. Um, the pain was not bad. The after pains were not bad. The cramping was normal. Um, the bleeding was normal. And my mom came the next day and, you know, helped out with the kids and meals and all those things. And I was able to lay down for a while. Of course, knowing me, I got up like hours. You know, I was up <laughs> an hour after birth trying to get that full set out. Yeah. You know, the next day I was walking around taking pictures of him and all these things. But um, that's the only thing I would have changed is I would have stayed in bed longer. Mm-hmm. I know I've been reading some of our stories and women are saying they're staying in bed for a week and things. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That's what I'm changing next birth. Mm-hmm. I'm getting in that bed. I'm not getting out. Like, they can bring me meals. I'm not going to try to be super mom. I'm not going to encapsulate my own placenta <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because I was, you know, overdoing it. So mm-hmm. really just overdoing it because I felt so good. Yeah. But, yeah, it was Yeah, great. I hear that a lot with moms that have awesome births like that and then they feel so good and they're just like okay like (laughs) I'm gonna go back to normal but yeah you shouldn't (laughs) can't do that (laughs) but when we know more we know more so we can plan for the next time (laughs) yes absolutely I love that I love that you have your mom to come in and help you too that's such a blessing to have help in those especially the first you know few days and not everything so nice definitely very helpful yeah so your daughter your oldest daughter was at the birth were any of your other kids present or just just your oldest just my oldest mm-hmm. yeah she's cheering us on and then <laughs> my other kids woke up their normal time you know 7 a.m it's about 30 minutes after the birth or oh. 45 and yeah, they woke up and came down and saw the baby, and they were a little bit shocked, but it was it was precious, beautiful yeah. moment. Oh, I love that. I, I I haven't had a home birth yet myself, but I'm just I think that's the thing that I like most look forward to is like hopefully having the baby at night, and then like my kids waking up in the morning and being like, oh, here's your new baby sibling. Yes. <laughs> it just seems like such a cool like experience to just like be able to like come in mom's room and there's a new baby (laughs) yes I love that it was it was nice it was nice not having the toddlers running around or the kids doing things so you know pray on that because that will happen if you pray on that you know I'm believing that for you yeah thank you um so oh I had another question okay so when you were planning I mean I know you said you were what 30 weeks when you decided to um, pursue your unassisted birth. Did you tell anybody like as far as family or friends or anything, or was it something that you kind of kept close to your chest as far as, you know, what your plans were to give birth? Yeah. So I did tell, I told my mom and she, she was really not on board. She was like, this is, you know, dangerous or this is, um, you know, are you sure? Or, you know, what are the risks? I mean, she really just wanted to know facts. Mm-hmm. And same thing with my sister. I mean, she called me and she goes, you know, I'm just really worried about you. And I just want to make sure like you're getting the care that you need. And are you like, are you sure you want to do this? So basically, those are the questions I got, you know, are you sure? Or like, what happens if something goes wrong and all these things? And I just really had to 
first of all, give them all the facts and tell them everything I know and tell them that it's actually safer for me to give birth at home than in the hospital, sadly. Um, and just explain to them, you know, the business of being born. And I actually sent that link to them for them to watch it because if they're that worried, you know, then they're going to watch the link and they're going to watch the show and they're going to see the facts. And so that's kind of how I came at that was just giving them facts and mm-hmm. also, you know, letting them know we, we got to walk by faith. You know, why, why always keep worrying? What if, what if, what if <clears throat> I'd rather walk by faith and worry about what if. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that was kind of my response to them, but they were never really like on board. You know, they were just kind of, oh, I don't know, hesitant yeah. or just kind of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty normal response for most people because to one, to have a home birth, even with a midwife, some people are like, ooh, you know, that's scary. So to say that you're doing it by yourself is like a whole nother level of like fear for some people. But that's good that they, um, they, I guess, eventually kind of, I mean, I'm guessing they didn't try to talk you out of it or anything. So I sort of did try to get talked out of it by my mom and sister. So I decided I was just going to have my husband there because I didn't want fear in the house or doubt in the house. And I actually Mm -hmm. almost got a doula. Um, But the same thing, I realized I don't know a doula that's going to have as much faith as me. And the doulas Mm -hmm. I talked to were not like really faith-based. They were kind of like, well, I've never done an assisted, but I'm willing to try, but just know I'm not medical and all these things. And so I just really decided I did not want fear or doubt in my home at all. So I had to do it with just my husband. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something you for sure need when planning that, that type of birth is to make sure that you have only the positive and encouraging support that you need because otherwise, yeah, it can kind of bring in fear or, you know, worry and that can just kind of create an atmosphere that's going to kind of work against you and you definitely can't, yes. can't have that. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, let's see. I had another question. Um, Oh, I wanted to ask you about the placenta encapsulation. Um, so how did you is, like learn how to do that yourself? I'm curious about that. Because I've heard of people, obviously, you can like pay to do it. But um, how did you like teach yourself to do it? Yeah, so there's, there's like this um, Instagram account called Mommy Made Placenta Encapsulation. And she shows everything on her stories and she has like highlights and posts where she describes everything she does in the entire process. Um, so I highly recommend that. It's called Mommy Made Placenta Encapsulation. And they actually do shipping too. And so I thought about doing shipping, but it was going to be about $300. And I thought, well, if I could do it myself, might as well just do it myself. And it looked mm-hmm. simple enough. So I went ahead and just, you know, watched what she did and just picked up the supplies and did it myself. I actually sent my husband to the natural food store. Um, So if you have a local natural food store, they should have empty capsules. Um, Mm -hmm. So they have empty capsules there and they also have the capsule machine, um, which is just a 
it's a, it's called a capsule machine, but it's actually manual. You just do it yourself. But um, it's just this little thing that you put the empty capsules in and fill it up. And then um, it kind of squeezes the two pieces together, the two capsule pieces. And mm. it was really simple. I mean, I just, you know, kept it in the fridge, of course. It's like meat. It can only be in the fridge for three days. I think I did it on day two. And um, I kept it in the fridge that whole time. I took it out. I washed off all the blood. I cut the veins and washed off all that blood. And I just rinsed it clean with water in the sink, in a clean sink. And um, I took off the cord. And then I just went ahead and cooked it. And you can use, like, a pressure cooker if you have a pressure cooker. I don't have one, so I use, like, a pot inside of a pot, if that makes sense, to just, like, steam cook it. So you cook it. Um, I think I cooked it for an hour. And then you take it out and you cut it up like steak pieces. Um, and then you put those steak pieces into a dehydrator. And so I have a dehydrator. So I put my steak pieces in my dehydrator. And then once it was dehydrated, which I let it go for, I was kind of anal. I didn't want like any bacteria. I let it go for a long mm-hmm. time. I think it was like, <laughs> I don't know, probably too long, like 18 hours or something. Mm -hmm. And I took it out and then um, just grinded it up with a blender and then put the ground up placenta inside that capsule machine. And just those were my capsules. I literally have been savoring them. I have five left. Um, (laughs) I've kept them in the fridge the entire time. And I took a lot. I took two in the morning and two at night for the first couple months. And then now I'm down to like I have like five left. And let me tell you, it is so like when I take one, I can feel it. I feel the oxytocin flooding my body. It's euphoric. It's like a, um, it's a mood lifter. It gives me this, that almost a feeling, almost a feeling of an orgasm, but not so intense, like a lot less intense. But if you know what I mean, like it's, it's euphoric. So every time I take one, I feel it. And that's how I know it truly works because, um, Mm. Yeah, it just feels like that love hormone is really hitting me. And especially when I'm nursing and also now that I'm, you know, my baby's five months old. Um, so I don't take them every, like I said, I'm savoring my last like five pills. But every mm-hmm. time I take one, um, my milk supply, it just is off the charts, like huge. Like wow. they're hard and huge. And I'm like, whoa, okay. This really does work. Because at first I didn't know, is it working or not? Because you have all those other hormones and there's just a lot going on, you know, those first, that first month postpartum. So I'm like, I don't know if it's working or not, but I'm going to keep taking it. But now I am 100% sure because um, <laughs> you feel it flooding your body. It's almost, it's wild. Highly recommend um, encapsulating. Highly recommend 10 out of 10. Yeah. So is this your first time doing that or have you done it in the past? First time. Yeah. So what made you decide to do it? Like, have you struggled with like postpartum depression or anything like that in the past that made you feel like you needed a little lifter afterwards or was it just something that you just learned about and were interested in? Yeah. Yeah. In the past, actually with that last, that last traumatic birth, I did spend a lot of days crying. I cried and cried. I remember that first week just crying and crying a lot. Um, so I guess you can call that postpartum depression and, that was one reason I did it. Another was that I just kept watching this account on Instagram, the mommy made placenta encapsulation. And I kept seeing the reviews and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this must really work. So, um, 
yeah, I just really decided I want to do this. And then again, around 30 weeks or so, I had decided, okay, I'm not going to do the shipping option. I'm going to do it myself, picked up the supplies and all of that. So, oh, and I forgot to add that I put lemon and cayenne pepper when I cooked it. Um, so those two are supposed to help with, and ginger are supposed to help with your postpartum recovery. So. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, thanks for sharing the account and stuff. So if anyone else wants to go look it up, they can, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Oh, well, um, do you have anything else that you want to share? That story was so beautiful. I love how you, it was just so peaceful and you just felt like, you know, you just had a, a sacred time of, you know, worship and, and prayer and, you know, just trusting your body to do what it was supposed to do and having your husband there to support you and encourage you and man it just yeah it's beautiful I loved it so much (laughs) yeah so beautiful well I I pray that you get your home birth and that you can you know just find peace with your body and I just want you to know you're made for this your body will not fail you You need to trust and have faith in your body, knowing what it can do and that your baby will come and that it's not going to stay in you forever. It's okay if you go past, but um, just really in those last weeks, finding that peace. And last thing I want to add is that also what I did was I got off all of the apps and all of the mom groups because all of those symptoms and things that we're always talking about, you know, the pains, the aches, the sleeplessness, all these things, you know, if we just keep reading that over and over and over again, our minds will find a way to make it happen. Or Mm -hmm. if we can read faith-based things, or we can read positive things, or we can read, you know, fun books or fun things that we like to do and just skip all of the symptom stuff, all of the apps, all of the groups, all of that. And really retrain our brains to live in health and wholeness. So that's my one recommendation. That's the last thing I want to leave it with. Yeah, that's good advice. Because especially at the end of pregnancy, (laughs) when you're like ready to be done, it can be easy to start, you know, dwelling on those kinds of things. Definitely. Definitely. It's easy to dwell on them and Mm -hmm. find peace and in other people's anguish, but it really helps to just get off and just challenge yourself to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So you mentioned you did, um, Heather's Baker, Heather Baker's book, um, home birth on your own terms. And then, um, the mommy and me placenta encapsulation Instagram page. Was there any other, um, resources that you use to prepare for your free birth or do that you want to share that you think maybe other moms would like to check out? Yeah. Yeah. I read, um, I read pain-free childbirth by Misa Andrews. And then another book, um, supernatural childbirth. Um, and that one, I forget the author on that one. Is it, is that the Jackie Mize? Yes. Actually, Jackie Mize, yes, yeah, Jackie Mize, Supernatural Childbirth, that was a good one. She talks a lot about hospital birth, and she's not really on the unassisted side of things, but um, she is very faith-based and helps you understand that you can have a pain-free, symptom-free pregnancy and childbirth. 
because she did. And so did Nisa Andrews. And when you think about that, it's kind of crazy because, you know, Hollywood has trained us to think that pregnancy and birth have to be terrible and they don't. No, they definitely do not. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And, you know, it was so beautiful and encouraging and the things that you shared afterwards as well. It's just, yeah, I just really appreciate it. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. And yeah, I hope you get that beautiful home birth. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.